Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, reader. We've got another awesome author visit to share with you today. We're working hard on season four of Reading Bug Adventures and have great new adventures planned for you for the fall. But while we wait... We wanted to introduce you to some great authors like today's special guest, Max Braillier. We frequently have author visits in our store and our local schools, and the Reading Bug and I want to make sure that you get a chance to meet them too. On these bonus episodes, you'll get to meet some of the authors who inspire our adventures, and you'll also get to learn all about what they've written and how they write. On this episode, we'll meet author Max Braillier. Max is a New York Times best-selling author of more than 30 books and games, including the epic The Last Kids on Earth series, which will also debut as an animated series on Netflix this fall. But why don't I let him tell you all about himself? Let's all fly to our bookstore together to hear from Max. It's time for a Reading Bug Adventures author visit. Hi! I don't think I've seen you in days. Where have you been? I just finished my entire Last Kids on Earth survival guide. I spent days on it, drawing my inventions in Quint's workshop. Then I designed a kids-only hangout that will rival Jack's treehouse. And I even created a dream post-apocalyptic warrior outfit. Look! Wow, Reading Bug, that looks really cool. You've been really busy. Maybe now you want to get some... sleep? No way! But now I'm bored. I finished reading the entire Last Kids on Earth series twice. And now I've completed this survival guide and... Reading bug, slow down. It's okay. You and I both know there are millions of books out there to read. Yes, but I... But don't worry. I've got two surprises for you. And I don't think you'll be bored very much longer. Ready? Oh, yes. Okay. First, there's another Last Kids on Earth book coming in September 2019. It's called The Last Kids on Earth and the Midnight Blade. Really? Oh, great! I can't wait! And what's the second surprise? This one's even better. The author of The Last Kids on Earth, Max Brailer, is coming here right now to talk with us. Want to meet him? Oh, yes, 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 yes!
Hello, everyone. We are here today with New York Times bestselling author Max Brailler, and we're talking about the Last Kids on Earth series. The Reading Bug and I are so excited to welcome you, Max. We sure are. Thank you for having me. Hello to you and to the Reading Bug. So, Max, before we get into the details uh, about the Last Kids on Earth series, let's talk a little bit about your background um, and where you came from. Was writing your first job in the professional world? No. Um, my first job in the professional world is I worked cashier at Target, and then I worked in the toy department at Target, and then um, I worked on movies for a little while, and movies and TV shows as a production assistant, and then I ended up um, working in book publishing. I, so I worked in publishing, I worked for publishers, and that's sort of how I got into writing. Nice. Of all those jobs, was there one that you loved or hated, or were there parts of any of those that you loved or hated? I loved and hated at the same time being a production assistant. Mm -hmm. um, it was I, I worked on The Sopranos. I got yelled at by James Gandolfini one time, but not like like in a nice way, not like yelled yelled. Like, <laughs> it was like a gentle like. Um, and then working in book publishing was great. It was really really good, and it allowed me to meet a lot of other editors and meet agents and people who helped me become a writer. Mm -hmm. So you've written under a pen name before, another whole series. First, can you explain to the audience what a pen name is and um, what um, what series you wrote? Yes. Okay, so I write um, a series called Erie Elementary under a pen name. The pen name is Jack Chabert. Uh, a pen name is like a fake name that authors sometimes use um, for different reasons, I guess. The reason I did it was um, there was no exciting, cool, fun reason. It was just a publishing thing. Um, so, but the name Jack Chabert is um, my two grandfathers' names combined. I have one grandfather whose first name is Jack, and my other's last name is Chabert, so I combined their names, and that became Jack Chabert. And yeah, and I write Eerie Elementary under that, and I also wrote um, the, the graphic novel Pop Tropic and Mystery of the Map under the pen name Jack Chabert. Cool. And I am now done with pen names. I'm not writing under pen name ever again because it's too confusing for readers. It gets really confusing. And, and you're too big now. Last Kids is a huge series yeah, now. So I'm sticking to, I'm just Max, <laughs> just Max from now on out. <laughs> That's great. So can you tell us, let's let's get on to the Last Kids on Earth series because I'm excited to hear a little bit more about it and um, what the premise of the entire series is. Sure. So Last Kids, the Last Kids on Earth series is about um, a kid named Jack, Jack Sullivan. He's the hero. And then one day he's like on the way to school and these big portals open up in the sky and gigantic like Godzilla-sized monsters come kind of plummeting through and then there are zombies too that sort of come through and this zombie plague spreads and um and Jack hooks up with his two best friends they connect they live in this like really kind of kick butt treehouse and they go in search of um the crush this girl Jack has a huge crush on and he thinks she's going to be this like he watches too many movies and she, he thinks she's going to be this like old-timey Disney princess damsel in distress then he meets her June and she's um like the most kick butt everybody and sort of makes him rethink all the really dumb sixth grade boy things that he thought he'd do about girls and um and then they have like a lot of fun in the end of the world yeah that's it in the end of the world yeah it's like it's like a fun apocalypse so was was this something of your dreams when you were younger or did this just pop into your head one day or how how does this come about both um it, it's sort of it didn't just pop into my head one day. It all sort of connected one day. But when I looked back, I was like, oh, it's really clear where all this came from. So, like, I had a treehouse in my backyard when I was a kid, and that's, like, where Jack's treehouse came from. And Jack has this, like, big monster dog named Rover that he rides around on. It's, like, this huge sort of creature that's, like, this big lovable creature. Um, and I had a dog. When I was a kid, I used to try to ride my dog. And then my dad was like, stop doing that. You're going to, like, hurt the dog's back. So I stopped. Um, 
and Jack has like Jack's like weapon is like this the thing is called the Louisville Slicer. It's like a Louisville Slugger baseball bat that he ends up using as like a sword because it gets splintered. And now it's like a cool sword. Um, and that's because like when I was in little league, I was the worst kid. I was the worst little league player ever. But I had like a baseball bat, and I used to pretend it was a lightsaber. And like I realized like oh that's where that came from. So it was like a lot of stuff just from my childhood that got sort of like repurposed and became this big adventure story set in um, set in like my hometown basically too. Like a lot of the places in the books um, are places that I went to, like the same names and everything that I went to when I was a kid. Sorry. And, um, and yeah, so it's like a sort of, like it was always there. And then one day I started to think about what I wanted to write to write next. I had done a bunch of activity books for Cartoon Network shows. Um, I wrote like activity books for Adventure Time and Steven Universe. And I wanted to write something that was mine, that was like original, my series. And I thought about the stuff that I loved and it was like, oh, it's like giant monsters and zombies and like cool tree fortresses and gadgets and gadgets and gadgets. And the kids get to drive. They have this big, huge, crazy pickup truck called Big Mama. It's loaded up with like monster battling cannons and things like that. Um, so it's sort of like all the stuff that I wanted to do when I was a kid, I could turn it into a book and that's what I did. Yeah. That's very cool. There's more books in the series. Um, book number five is coming soon. Yes. yes. When does that release? Book number five, The Last Kids on Earth. I just say the, I always say the last. It's the last, the last Kids on Earth and the Midnight Blade comes out on September 17th. Okay. Yes. Excellent. And so um, that's book five. Right now I'm outlining and working on book six and seven. I can't wait. Wow. Yeah. Is, is there a set number in the series ready to go or is there... A- 413. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I have like a sort of vision for how it's going to all play out. It can't just kind of go on forever. I mm-hmm. wish it could, but I, like the kids age in the books. There's birthdays, they get older. It's a little bit um, like almost Harry Potter-ish and, and just in the sense that it gets sort of more serious as it goes on. Like the kids are growing up, the sort of danger is a little more serious, their emotions are more serious. Um, so I think there'll be maybe 10 or so, but I'm also going to do little like, um, like little side books. Like I just did the survival guide, Last mm-hmm. Kids on Earth survival guide, which is an activity book. I'm going to do more stuff like that. I think I want to do an adventure just about June, like a side thing, just about the June character and, um, and her sort of, her doing something really cool, like a quest. That could be like a whole spinoff. Series, yeah, a whole right June there. and the big awesome quests, That'd quest number fun. nine. I'm all about the girl power too. I think that's lots of fun too. Yeah. So what, um, in that survival guide that just came out, is it harder to write an activity book like that than it is a story for you? No, it's a lot easier. Easier. I know. I should be like, oh, it's hard in a different way, but no, it's like a lot easier. I mean, to be honest, yeah, yeah. To, to write an activity book is like really, I sort of sat and I made a big, I had a big notepad and I was like, okay, um, you know, like let's say I'm pretending I'm the reader basically. And like, what would I want to do? Like, what, what do I like about the series? Um, you know, it's like, okay, so Jack does, Jack has um, the Louisville Slicer. But if it was me and I was hanging out with these kids and it was the end of the world, like what would I use to battle monsters with? And I just sort of like think. And then um, those just, usually I have to figure out the answer. But here it's just like, oh, that's a question that a kid has to figure out on their own and get to draw it and things like that. And I've done a lot of these activity books for um, for Cartoon Network, like Adventure Time regular show, Steven Universe, Uncle Grandpa I did with some for. Um, so it was kind of it was a it was a fun sort of change of pace and, and, a, and a sort of break to sort of switch up into that. Um, I think a lot of the ideas um, for the actual series, like the stories, are are sort of they come from me just kind of like laying around my house and daydreaming and thinking about like, oh, what did I love when I was a kid, or what do I love right now? Like, what if I was if I was reading the next Last Kids on Earth books um, book and I hadn't written it, like what would I want to read about? And I, so I do a lot of daydreaming. I did it a lot when I was a kid. That's sort of how I got into stories and so I was like I'm gonna create a book where like the kids can daydream and create their own sort of things 
So do, have you gotten, you visit a lot of schools, mm-hmm. um, and I, I hear we're the last stop on this particular tour. You're the last stop on this tour, three weeks. Three There's weeks it, yes. away from Grand home. finale. So neat. So I, I like being the last stop because it's like a big, boom, grand finale. So what, um, do you ever get ideas from the kids in your audience, either for the guide or for your stories? Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of the stuff in the guide, like I, I was sort of guided by... Mm-hmm. Like, the questions that I get the most, like, if I get a lot of questions about, like, June, I'm like, okay, I should write a lot of stuff about June. Or if there's a lot of, like, questions about, like, how did you come up with, like, what's in the treehouse? Because the treehouse has, like, all sorts of crazy things in it. I'm like, oh, I should, like, do a lot of treehouse sort of related activities in the book. So I'm able to sort of, like, get nice feedback as I go on the series. And um, I've also found myself being sort of, like, a little bit influenced by, like, you know, if kids ask certain questions, I'm like, oh, I got to resolve that. Like, at the end of the fourth book, it adds on a cliffhanger about, um, like where the kids are going to go next. They get this sort of like radio message from the Statue of Liberty. Um, and kids are always like, when are they going to solve that? When's that going to happen? When's that going to be, be fixed? And I was like, I really got to resolve that soon. <laughs> it was like stressing me out. I emailed my editor. I was like, I really got to resolve this. Um, so I get a lot, I do get like a lot of sort of nice feedback from kids and, and it takes me places and, and, and makes me think about things I would have thought otherwise. And also the grand finale of the series. I sort of know how I want to end. I got to get there, but I know how I want to end. And that totally came from a kid who says, like, you know, they ask their questions at the end. And one kid is like, I have a comment. And it's always like, okay, great, a comment. And then he's like, it should end like this. And I was like, oh. And I was like, that's totally what I was going to do. And I was like, I'm going to file that away because it was a really good ending. So I owe some kid in, like, Ohio a thank you. Of course. So <laughs> um, speaking of the questions that the kids ask, is there one that you get asked all the time that doesn't surprise you? or Do you play Fortnite? Oh. Every single one. Do you play Fortnite? Do you play Fortnite? Um, Do you play Fortnite? I have Fortnite. I downloaded it, and I was awful at it. Like, I play a lot of video games. Or I did until my daughter was born. I play less now. It's less time. Um, but I play um, I play a lot of video games, but I couldn't take, like, just getting destroyed and beaten online and then, like, just screamed at by, like, seventh graders anymore. Like, it was just too bad for my ego. So now I play, like, single-player games where there's no one to, to beat you. I see. Um, just the game. So, uh, but I always get that one. Um, where do your ideas come from? Mm-hmm. And that's like, but I, it's really just daydreaming. I talk about that a lot. Um, what's your favorite book? What's your favorite monster? What's your favorite character in the series? How long does it take you to write a book? Um, how much money do you make? How old are you? Those are the ones I always get, yes. <laughs> I have a few of those kinds of questions for you at the Go end, for it. but they'll be more fun. Um, what, um, have oh, you those ever? Are fun. They're well, all fun. There's, there's even more fun, don't worry. What, um, Nineteen million dollars a year. Yes, that's that's exactly why. I'll I mean, I'm no, nineteen million dollars a month. A month. Yes. Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Do you think they believe you when you say that? No. 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 They're no. like, they're like, then why are you wearing those pants? <laughs> those pants are dirty. <laughs> like, I'm in the road for three weeks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, any any questions that you've gotten from kids at schools or anywhere that have been kind of outrageous and you don't know how to answer? Hmm. I have like some honest answers. Crazy, hilarious questions that I get are usually like around, like sort of like why I don't do certain things. Oh, I also talk a lot about so like I had this treehouse in my backyard when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and in fifth grade, my best friend Chris I had a zipline treehouse, which like oh. I still can't believe I got away with because my mom was like really anxious. I didn't know it back then, but like looking back, I was like that's crazy. I had a zipline on it, <laughs> and then like this perfect like the classic zipline disaster happened, and my best friend fell off and broke his arm. Oh. I talk about it. 
because it was like kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And I talk about like how, how it was like the most amazing thing that ever happened. Like it was the coolest thing I ever saw happen live. Like this, my best <laughs> buddy like fell off and like broke his arm and stood up and his arm was like dangling and it was like crazy, awesome. And then like one kid raised his hand and his arm was broken. He's like, it's not funny. People break their arms. And I felt really bad. Oh no. Yeah. And I used to read, so that I, I, wrote, I also write Eerie Elementary, which is like a little bit spookier. Yes. And I used to read from it um, to younger, younger grades. Mm-hmm. And I used to do it like really dramatically. And then I looked out one time and like a, girl was just sobbing and was really scared oh. and she was and then she raised her hand and I called on her because I was like I probably should do this and she's like why did you try to make me sad I broke my heart so oh. now I, I could do like a much like less dramatic reading yeah and, like, and I skip over big scary some of it if I, I could sound like a word sounds particularly scary or like or like you know seems like something's going to be like a little too dark I'll just sort of like change it live as I'm reading mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard because I mean some kids love that spooky stuff and can completely handle it and some you know a little bit more sensitive and I yeah. think that's the it's, spooky stuff is tough because mm-hmm. like it's 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 like it's great when it's in a book form and a kid can go out and seek it mm-hmm. but like in a school presentation it's like okay hey kid you're being yanked out of class you're gonna go sit here and you have to listen to this guy read to you and like you don't know what they're scared of or not scared of and sometimes like it's like okay great I'm gonna read to third graders today and I'm gonna read this scary story and I go into the school and like oh surprise also kindergartners and like oh okay that's gonna scare them mm-hmm. uh, so I decided to switch it up live um, I have a new spooky series coming out um, mm-hmm. from Scholastic in September and um, it's for really young ages it's like kindergarten and first and it's called um, Mr. Shivers presents and it's like a it's like five little spooky short stories and um, I'm really curious to see, like, I think they're scary. Like, I was reading them again, looking at the art. I'm like, these are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but the little bit of feedback I've gotten from reading them to kids, like, is like, they love it. I can't believe it. I'm like, really, I was sort of surprised. Like, this is going to be too much, but I guess not. Uh, I don't know, Max. I do like spooky stories, but not that spooky. But I'll read it, of course. Yeah, I know a lot of our um, our reading book box, subscription box customers um, have just different takes on what's too scary and what's not. Some kids are you know, afraid of things like a whale. And you think, oh gosh, afraid of a whale. But there must be, you know, some reason for that. Um, and, and then other times they say, but I could still read Erie Elementary. It's right. really, okay. Um, but, you know, fears fears are different for everyone. So I guess A whale probably like ate his dad or something. Who knows? Yeah. You never know. But... Um, <laughs> whole family's eaten by whales. No more whale stories. That is the next Last Kids on Earth series book, I think. The Last Kids on Earth and the family's eaten in by the whales. whales. Yeah, the whales. Yes. It's a Pinocchio spinoff. That'd be good. I like it. I like it. See, I you don't need to get your ideas from kids. You can get them right here at the mm-hmm. Reading Bug. Oh, so the Last Kids on Earth series is going to be a Netflix show. Who told you that? Yes, it's I true. don't know. Yes, it's on one of the books. Yeah, it's on. The, it's on. The, now it's a burst on the cover, which is it's pretty on cool. The cover. Yeah. yeah. How did did they just call you and say, "Hey, Max, we're turning your book into a Netflix show"? Sort of. I mean, not exactly like that, but kind of close to that. Um, I got a call from a production company who wanted to make, uh, they wanted, they're like, hey, we like this. We think we can make this into a cool animated series. Do you want to do that? And I was like, yes, I do want to do that. And then we talked to a few different companies. One was Netflix and Netflix was like, we really want to do this. And we did it. And it was really, it's been like a really, like a real pleasure, like an absolute amazing experience so what kind of work are you doing on the on anything on it or is it someone else yes taking it over? so i'm one of five writers on the show mm-hmm. um i wrote the first episode it's the best episode of course no it's um i wrote so I, yeah i've written i've you know i sort of work on every single story every single episode and then i've written you know maybe one fifth of them mm-hmm. and had a hand in like a lot of the stuff along the way which has been really really exciting and really fun i got to um, Mark Hamill is one of the voices. Oh, nice. And I'm like a huge Star Wars nerd. Yep. And so I got to go and sit and uh, 
he stepped into the microphone booth and read things that I had written, and my head exploded. And yeah, Did you cry a little bit. Um, I cried a little bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cried a little bit before. I cried a little bit during. <laughs> I'm crying right now. <laughs> that's exciting. So that's the first. So there, how many? How many? Um, how many episodes are there so far? We're gonna do. We're gonna adapt the first three books, and it'll be something like. I forget if I'm allowed to say or not, so I'm not going to say. Okay. Yeah, I forget if I'm supposed to say. But we're we're adapting the first three books in the series. Great. Yeah. And do you know when it releases? Or it comes it? out. Um, I have a bu- very busy day, September 17th, the same day, The Last Kids on Earth and the Midnight Blade comes out. Wow. Also, the Netflix series comes out, which is really amazing. The only downside is that I'll be on tour for the book, so like I'll be watching it like by myself in, in a, a hotel, hotel room, not like with my family or with the other show creators and stuff. Which well, is if like, you come back out to the Reading Bug, you can watch it on our screen in our event in our event space. Okay, let's do that. All right, we'll do that. We can have the kids come and hang out. We could. Yeah, that'd actually, do a like premiere. That'd, that'd be really fun. We should, we should do that. Can I do that with Netflix? I wonder if I. They can. want to do something like that. I know. Yeah. So, they yeah. Should, definitely, they should combine that yeah. with a book tour. So, all right, here come the fun questions. What is your favorite color? Teal. Mm. For kids who don't know what teal is, mm. give an ex- explanation. Chartreuse. No. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, actually, I don't even know what that is. I just know it's a word. <laughs> uh, my favorite color is um, like teal, aqua, like a blue-green sort of glowing, almost like a neon blue-green if possible. That's my favorite color. It's mine too, so that's why I was trying to give you a hard time. But. Nice. Okay. <laughs> for, for the listening audience out there, it's the exact color of the chair that you're sitting on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so okay. they'll all enjoy that in their heads. They will. Your favorite food? Ice cream. If I could eat anything, like I think that my life would be significantly more amazing and happy if I could eat ice cream every single night. What flavor? I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit and eat a lot of ice cream all the time. Um, like every night I watch like a little bit of TV or something like that, and I, when I don't have something in my hands, I'm like, what do I do? And so I would like to have ice cream every single night. Probably, like, if it doesn't matter, I would have, like, a big sundae with, like, the hot sauce that sort of mixes in with the cold. I like the hot and the cold together. Um, but I also just, like, I don't have it. Not, like, crazy flavors. I like cookie dough, and I like Oreo or whatever, like, the knockoff Oreo is. Like, a Hydrox sort of flavored ice cream would be fine with me, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Chocolate. I like chocolate. Chocolate is good. I like, and I like popcorn with, like, like chocolate drizzled popcorn. Mm. I really like a lot, yeah. Now I'm hungry. So what uh, is your, what is the grossest food you've ever eaten? I ate a pigeon. I don't want to be like culturally insensitive and be like, oh, I ate a pigeon. It was gross. But I was like, I was, yeah. So I was in um, Paris with my wife for um, a wedding, which sounds much cooler than it was. I mean, it was very cool, but we don't like go to like Paris often for weddings. It was like a one-time deal. (laughs) Um, But, and we went to a restaurant that served pigeon. They brought out the pigeon and we said, before we order, though, we were like, when we ordered, we were like, but no head. They're like, you have to do the head. That's how it works. We're like, we're, like, we're just dumb Americans. Can we please not have the head? And they're like, sure. And then they brought it out, and they forgot. So we're like, <laughs> we're like, you left the head on. And the guy came back with a big cleaver and was like, thunk, and chopped the head off, and then like took it away, which made it even worse. And um, yeah, yeah, that was the grossest thing I've ever eaten. Did it mm-hmm. taste like chicken, though? It tasted like pigeon. Like, it tasted oh, no. like it didn't. It was just bad all around. The next day, um, my wife grew up from it. I think just more from thinking about it. I'm sure. Into the, was it the River Seine? Is it the Seine there in Paris? Oh. Yeah, we were down walking along it and she, then I looked back and she was just like hurling into the river. <laughs> um, so yeah, pigeon is the grossest sort of like animal bird meat thing I've ever eaten. And then 
One time I ate by mistake a chocolate covered ant. I didn't do it on purpose. I was eating something chocolate and like an ant sort of had gotten like, like I was like laying there and it sort of had mixed together. They were hanging out or something, the ants and the chocolate. So this wasn't a prepared No, 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 no. Ant. I know that is like a thing. Like people eat like chocolate yep. covered grasshoppers and stuff. No, not me. That was a mistake. I freaked <laughs> out. What is the favorite, your favorite book that you've ever written? My favorite book that I've ever written and my least favorite book I've ever written are the, are the same book. Mm-hmm. It's the first Last Kids on Earth book. Um, it's my least favorite because it was the hardest thing I'd ever ever done. And it took like three years to write. I almost gave up and walked away from it twice. Um, at the very last moment, I rewrote everything. I changed like, almost the entire thing except for like a few major like Zombies, Monsters, Treehouse, Hero. But like everything else changed. I had this moment where I was like, I don't really like the book that I wrote. And it takes like two and a half years to write. And I was like, I'm going to start from scratch. And I did. Wow. Rewrote the whole thing. And so um, when it came out and people liked it, and I was also very happy with it when it came out, a lot because it just looked really amazing because Doug Holgate, the illustrator, does an amazing job. I got really lucky. So when it came out and I was happy with it and people liked it, it was like an amazing kind of moment. But when I think back about those three years, I'm like, I don't ever want to do that again. Mm-hmm. So it's like that book's my least favorite because it was so hard, but it was also like, the, it was my big lesson in like perseverance. And the subsequent books, um, did, how, how long did they take you in the series? They take me now. I'm on like a pretty rigid schedule because they come out every September now. So it takes me about like six to eight months to write alongside writing other things too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like six to eight months and I out, now I outline like crazy first. Before I write anything, I outline like crazy, 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 crazy. Mm. What's your favorite book that you wish you'd written? My favorite book that I something that sold a bunch of copies. Um, I don't know. Um, my favorite book, my favorite book of all time is not a book. It's the, like a series. Is the uh, oh, my, oh my favorite book of all time is Bart Simpson's Guide to Life, okay. which is a, a little. It was like a little hardcover, um, no, a paper board thing that came out like in '92 when I was a kid, and it was this Simpsons tie-in book that was like this amazingly well-written and well-made book, and it sort of changed my life. It was like what made me. I didn't know at the time, but looking back, I was like, oh, like I'm right trying to create this sort of over and over again it was like bart's dream bedroom and it had like all the crazy things you would have like in a you know like a like a sneaker machine like stuff like that and like i was like oh like that's like sort of just like this amazing like wish fulfillment like book mm-hmm. um and then my favorite story is the bone series by jeff smith this is yes. my favorite thing ever i kind of grew up with that um i think the first maybe collected issues came out when i was in like sixth grade and it finished i think when i was in the end of high school so i got to kind of like grow up with that big adventure i love that one do you think are you are you more into graphic novels than than um than the novel type books or do you like I bounce around I, it depends um it really does depend like i read i started to really like reading like I, I don't know i, I like I, honestly i like it all it sort of depends what my mood is in like it, you know sometimes i like something visual so i want to read a graphic novel Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just want to read like really nice sentences, and so I want to read some like crazily well written thing. Mm-hmm. Can I ask one question, Lauren? Next, if you could give kids who want to be authors when they grow up one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Run! Um, <laughs> if I have one bit of advice for kids who want to be authors, I have a no. I so that, I get that question too sometimes. Um, I need a. I get it so often. I should probably have a better answer. But um, let's see. So I a few things. Don't a lot of kids will come up to me like after they're like during like a school presentation and they'll be like I'm writing a book and it's a series um, about like dragons and there's gonna be nine books and I'm on page two, and I'm like, so I, you should write 
short things first. Mm -hmm. I only got ever got the confidence to actually write a book after I'd written a couple short stories that I liked. And I was like, oh, wait, I finished this. It's like done. There's like a completed thing here. Mm -hmm. And that felt really good. And so now I also, um, I don't ever worry about writing good until the very end. I just try to write fast and get things done. Even if it's like not even, it's like typos and incomplete sentences and it's like bullets and bullet points and stuff. Um, I just try to write fast and get it done. And so that's what I would say, like, just don't worry about like having nicely written stuff. Just try to finish something. It feels so good to finish something. It's like so hard. So write like a short little story about like a little, whatever it is, just a little short five page thing mm -hmm. with a beginning and middle and an end. And also keep a journal. I wish I had kept a journal. I kept a journal some, like for some years and some months and looking back, I'm like, I wish I could go back and do this. And I've told my younger self to do this every day. Yeah. I meant to ask you that earlier because you said you, so much of your, your so many of your ideas came from daydreaming. Um, did if you I had a daydreaming journal, I would be writing like four more series right now because mm -hmm. I feel like I'm I'm still I'm still sort of sticking to the same things that I can remember. One of the cool things about going to schools though is like you'll see stuff that like oh that reminds me of like something like I forgot about that. I forgot about like some kid was telling me that they were like um, it was a middle school. And they were talking about how, like, if the teacher doesn't show up by a certain time, they're, like, legally allowed to go home. And I remember that, like, urban <laughs> legend from when I was a kid. And, like, that just cracked me up. And, like, I, I, like, I love when I hear stuff like that or see stuff like that that reminds me of, like, what it's like to be a kid. And also, like, doing Erie Elementary, it's about a monstrous school. And, like, I've gotten so many good ideas from just, like, going to schools and being, like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and, like, sneaking off, just, like, walking around for a little while and be like, oh, right, like, here's, like, a cool way the school could come alive. So I get a lot of good ideas from that. That's great. So, um... Well, we're very excited for the fifth um, installment in September, which you can already pre-order right now. Um, and um, the survival guide has so many activities. My kids are actually doing them as we speak. Nice. Um, they're having so much fun Good. with that. Um, so, and it's nice. It's nice to have that after you've read the first four in a series to have some sort of activity to go ahead and do. Yeah. Um, and then uh, before you continue on to the next book, so they, they'll have something coming up in September, which is so exciting. You can buy The Last Kids on Earth Survival Guide and the rest of The Last Kids series at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. And we want to thank Max Brailler so much for being here today, and we are very excited for the next one. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to The Reading Bug. Of course. Thanks, Max. A very special thank you to Max Baylor for visiting with us today. To find and buy all of his great books, visit thereadingbug.com authors. Reading Bug author visits are recorded live in our children's bookstore, The Reading Bug, in San Carlos, California. Please continue to support us at thereadingbug.com and support independent booksellers whenever you can. For a personalized selection of books handpicked by me and the rest of the Reading Bug staff and delivered to you each month, you can visit readingbugbox.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? 
We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.